Do not confuse this with treatment or mental health advice or direction. Nothing on this podcast is made to supplement or supersede the relationship and direction of your mental health caretakers. Although David Kozlowski is a licensed marriage and family therapist, he is not functioning as a certified mental health professional in this environment. But same applies to any professionals who may appear on the Light the Fight podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Light the Fight. I'm David. I'm Heidi. And today I'm not going to give any sarcasm. We're going to get right into strict business because, I don't know. We have to hustle. Oh, we got to hustle, yeah. Well, we got here, we had all this good intention, and now we've been chatting. Darn it. So I'm going to put on my thinking beanie. <laughs> not cap, because, you know, I'm I'm a hipster. So I'm putting my thinking <laughs> beanie during the summertime. Come on, anyone that wears a beanie during the summertime, that's a fashion statement. <laughs> that's for sure. Full fashion statement. Or, yeah. I was going to say something about hair quality, but... I couldn't go five seconds without the sarcasm, so I I apologize, you guys, but thanks for joining (laughs) us anyways with the bad sense of humor. But Heidi and I, we're we're riding a little bit of a wave. We are. It's... So right now when we're talking to you, I actually don't... Oh, I should know the date because today is Capri's birthday. I was like, you better know the date. (laughs) The camera's on us. I couldn't give you like the eyebrow of shame. Like, come on, Heidi. Today is... One of my children's, Capri's birthday, she just turned 13. Nothing better than a fresh, new teenager. You know? To show gratitude, appreciation, That's and right. thanks for everything that you've given them throughout their whole just entire today. life. Just all in one day. She sat you down for two hours and gave you the long list of all the things she's grateful so that you've grateful. done for her. Yeah. But we got through the tween, right? And so now we're officially in, in the, the teen. teen. Anyways, okay, so today's August 7th. And just last week, if you're listeners of the podcast, you guys know, in fact, I, I ran into a listener of the podcast yesterday morning up on the trail to Desolation. I don't know if you've ever done that beautiful trail, nice little eight miler. It's called from Desolation? Mildy, Lake Desolation, yeah. Ran into a listener um, who was biking and um, asked me how the workshop went. Anyway, kind of kind of great. We had a workshop last week. So it hasn't been quite a week for us, but weekend Friday and Saturday, um, we tried out a new venue, which, you know, we still got to work through, <laughs> but it worked out awesome. I like how close it was to my house. Would have helped if the microphones worked, but and we luckily had, for all of our attendees of the workshop, Heidi and I do not whisper. We're loud mouse. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, this was our fifth workshop and we've all of them have been here close by like all of them have been here kind of in the south jordan area which is actually pretty central um for the wasatch front area if you're not local basically salt lake city and the salt lake wasatch kind of expands it's gotten it's gotten quite long anyway so south jordan is kind of a nice little midpoint and um, happens to be close for us. Anyway, um, it was really kind of awesome. And I'll kind of share with you what I shared to the group just right as we started, which was a year ago when we did our first, it was almost a year ago now that we did our very first workshop. And 
I pulled an all-nighter like right before it. I think maybe two all-nighters getting ready because of my extreme procrastination gift. Um, so like all of the resistance, all the shame, all the fear, and you guys know one of my greatest shames, and I've and I've shared it before, is just that like, how can a lady how can a mom who lost a son to suicide come in and teach people how to not make the same mistakes, right? And um, so I remember last year, that was just, it was just scary for me. I didn't sleep. Um, I, I remember driving so slow, <laughs> you know, and just like being – being afraid coming and it was great. It I remember actually, there at Noah's event center saying, you guys, is she going to come? Like she really gonna yeah, I know. I was like secretly one hand behind cross my fingers. This, oh, she's coming. And then I noticed everybody would like turn away real quick when I'd ask that. I'm like, okay, Heidi. Yeah. So I was really nervous. I remember exactly how I felt. I remember having a hard time getting my words out. And I remember being apologetic. Um, in some cases, even when we did our second workshop, still, I remember So there's a lot of, I'm sorry, and I hope. Yes. I mean, you guys have heard me say this. I really hope that this is helpful. I really hope what we're saying is true, (laughs) you know. I really hope you don't end up like me. Good luck. That's the main hope. (laughs) But if it doesn't work, it's David's ideas. (laughs) Here's, Here's what was so amazing and And I'm even saying this with a smile on my face, you guys, because this was big for me. I slept great the night before. I wasn't worried. I wasn't stressed. I got there on time. You didn't go on an anxiety fast or an anxiety binge? (laughs) I ate breakfast. I put on makeup. You know, and so, I mean, just so you know that like, I mean, that, that camera, big room <laughs> from the other workshops. I was like, oh, dang it. Everybody's like, damn, no, it's so mean. No, here's I didn't the, mean it like here's that. the thing is that when you're a crier, you learn that you can put eye makeup on the top lid, never put it on the never bottom Never on the lid, bottom. Faux right? pas. Don't do so that. So no eyeliner, no mascara on the bottom And waterproof lid, and isn't really waterproof. It's not. It's just clumpy. And it just hurts. <laughs> so I came to the workshop, makeup on the bottom lid. I mean- I still cried, but still, I I felt so different. I walked in and um, we got ready, and it's always kind of my job to kind of lead us off, kind of. You start it and you close it. That's right. I kind of give the introduction, and you know what came out of my mouth? I was actually not planning. I'm not a real planner, so there's not a teleprompter. She makes planners. She doesn't use them. <laughs> <laughs> Every one of our workshops, like we have an outline, we have a presentation, we have a book. Every workshop has kind of gone its own way, has its own theme. Yep. And and I fully believe it comes from the energy of the people who are there. And it's amazing to be a part of. This was such a quiet group with no questions. We were running through it so fast where the other ones was like, we needed we another hour yeah, because, yeah, yeah. yeah. Then we found out the second day. But anyway... <laughs> Um, here's what I, what happened. I, I stood up to do the introduction and I was making statements. As you guys learn this, you will make changes. They will make a difference. They will increase 
the love, the acceptance, the peace, the happiness. Like I was making these really bold, bold statements. We didn't record it. We should have. You said that after. <laughs> should have recorded it. And like in this introduction, as I'm sharing, making these bold statements, I all of a sudden caught myself and I looked at David and I said, oh my gosh, I didn't even say hope once. I know. And I realized, you guys, this is big. <laughs> I realized that I get it. I have hoped that I was that David was right. I have hoped that it was going to help. I have hoped that it was going to make a difference. But now I don't even have to hope. I know. I could make those bold statements that that the information that we were about to teach and I can say it's the information that we share here on the podcast will change your life. And as you change your life, Every relationship in your life will change for the better. And you will see improved peace, less anxiety and worry, happiness, smiling, real authentic interaction. And I like, I kind of stood back and I was like, oh my gosh, I like, and, and I was thinking like, oh Wow, I slept last night. I feel calm and I feel comfortable. And it wasn't just because I've I've spoken this a lot of times. It wasn't just that we've done the drill. It's because like I'm in this place and I've seen it work. And now I've seen it work for people and families around me. And I can talk about it without being nervous or apologetic or questioning or doubting. Like, uh it was like kind of a little breakthrough for me. <laughs> that was the first breakthrough. breakthrough well, I was sitting across from you and it was like you had this look on your face that only conveyed one thing. I can claim my own company. <laughs> it was like, I did it. <laughs> it's like, it works. It really works, guys. And everybody's like, yeah, I know. That's why we paid <laughs> this money. Why that's why we're here, dude. Like, And I was kind of like sitting there. But it was it was really cute because everybody else was like, yeah, I did. Does work job. like that. Yeah, you did it. You know, yeah. you got us here. It was big. It no, was. It, it, it was. was a little. It was a little and, moment and for me. All of our listeners that have been to our workshops, this will might make a little bit more sense now. And as you've heard, a couple of the listeners after the workshop, they, I think, three people told me they said they've noticed that because in the very beginning, people were well, these people were wondering why I kept on harping on you about the hope thing. See coaching Heidi and her family for so long, I'm not, not the coach anymore. I just, we're now talking on a podcast, but every time she'd say that I'd like cringe and had nothing to do <laughs> with, I'm like, people aren't allowed to say hope. It's such an overused word. No, just for you and your situation, I knew why you were saying hope. You weren't saying hope because you're like, I hope this for them. You're saying hope. It's like, I'm going to give you information and put my head down and peek out underneath the covers and like, you're not mad at me. Like, tell me that it worked. And then I will start to believe you needed the validations first, not because you didn't believe that it worked because you just want to make sure that you didn't want to sign off of anything until you're 100% positive <laughs> that it was going to work every time everyone, people did it. There just is so 
much on the line. Yeah. Well, I, I liken what you saying hope, I totally get it because you saying hope and like wanting people to just accept it. You don't want to have to sell them on it. You don't want to try to convince someone that it's going to work. You just want them to try it. That's like me not wanting to talk about suicide ever, not wanting to be a motivational speaker, not wanting to tell people, do all these things, everything's going to be better because I don't have that kind of hope. I sit with the same people every single week for years. Those people don't need hope. They need a plan. They need help executing all the intricate details of the plan. And then they need a reminder of why they're even trying to save these relationships in the first place. They're your kids. You paid for it. So we're constantly recycling all the steps it takes to have success and progress. So there's just at that point, hope's really not even necessary. It got to you to that point. And so for you to use hope to get you just, you know, like a vehicle to where you're at now, I think it was really cool. And it's cool to see. Yeah. And and then we start off the workshop. And like I said a second ago, they're always a little bit different. And David reads the room so much different differently than me. And that's, you know, we're just so you guys know, we're working on an e-course. Um, because we know that you guys can't all come, even though we think you should. <laughs> um, and we and can't we know all, all the messages that we get saying, yeah, it's this weekend. I really so we know people really want to come, but we also know it's hard. So we're working on it. We're working on an e course. Um, and the thing that we'll be missing is the fact that can't do the Saturday. Well. The Saturday thing and just the fact that something happens when you get in there. Like David, when people make comments or ask questions, I just am like, oh, yeah, David. You know, know, like it's a question for me too. And he's picking up on the real question. Because here's the thing you guys know by now is that whenever someone asks a question, it's not the real question. There's a little question inside the questions, inside the questions, like the Russian doll. For questions. Or those LOL you know, yeah. toys you were seeing. <laughs> yeah. Those my daughter's yeah. like, I had to YouTube how to open that damn thing. <laughs> I'm like, dude, like, will somebody just show me how right. to do this? Right. Because there's always a question. I didn't know this. I didn't. This is how stupid I was. Like, when I asked David a question, I had no idea what the real question was. And that's what, David, I have to say, you're very good at knowing what the actual question is. Well, people is. are trying to convey. They're just, they're practicing it. I've sat across from enough people trying to sort out what they wanted to say, and I'm the practice run on it, where I can go, okay, I hear what you're saying. I think this is what's really going on. And it's usually like, yeah, yeah, that, that, that right there. But it's hard to articulate those things when you're, you're not used to talking about yeah, that. And you're asking a question in front of – so here's what our mind does. There's tons of people in the room. So you have a question you want to ask, but then as you're about to say it, you're like, I don't want to look stupid. I don't want other people to not understand what I'm saying. And sometimes we're battling with what we're trying to say inside of our own head and it just doesn't get said. I I can't even tell you how many times that I've asked a question and not even realized that I was actually asking a completely different question. Because actually David will say, that's not your question. <laughs> no, it is. No, it's not. <laughs> and with you, I can have a little bit more liberty to like say, I know that's not your question. Okay, but I want it to end. I'm like, I see there. Usually Heidi will set up a question 
hoping that I'll tell her something that justifies her not yes, wanting to try I that love anymore. To be validated <laughs> and justified. Anyway, so it was so interesting in that room how David would kind of take things in a different direction and I was not like I just don't have that vision that you have. I just don't see it in that way. So um it's always just I learn I learn a lot. Well I, I think it's a big the credit has to be given to the people that paid the money that came out. I mean, cause you're getting babysitters. People are flying in from out of state and to be there, have the questions and then have the courage to ask the questions, knowing that or not knowing how it was going to be received. Cause even though they hear me on the podcast, they don't know that I can do that for them. Cause I haven't done that yet. Right. And so I think that's what happened on Saturday. So, which is why Heidi's bring this up. We'll do the e-course, but you're not going to get the Saturday. You're not going to get what we just talked about, that back and forth, which is I think is really worth the price of admission. But one thing that she's missing out on, she's underselling herself, you're not going to get the Heidi swap effect. Because when Heidi weighs in and makes statements on the importance of this and how certain tools were really difficult for her, but she's flipped them around, she, she's now making those a strength. And she mentions something about why this is so important to her. And you do it unscripted, random throughout each workshop. It'll just, this moment comes up. The room goes dead silent. And for those of you listening there at the workshop, you know you had that moment with Heidi where I'm like looking at her and then quickly I pan over to the audience. There's not one freaking dry eye. Not one. The husbands, people that were in the back that weren't saying anything, everybody's face just changes and we're all just locked in with you at that moment because we know, and this was the big theme, uh, at least one of the things that I want to make a theme of this workshop, your sincerity is your qualification. So Heidi, this was the big breakthrough for her and that's why I went with this motto the whole entire time. How your body language, your facial expressions, your words, not saying things like, if you can see me on YouTube, I'm cringing. I'm like, I hope you guys get help from this. It's like this. It's it's like you're saying I hope, but you're really saying I'm scared. It's not going to work. You're yeah. saying the opposite of hope. But now, not only did you own it, now did you testify of it. You say, Hey, listen. In a court of law, I put my hand on the Bible. Your Honor, this crap works. May sound weird, but it works. <laughs> you just saying that, everybody's dead silent. Everybody's tearing up, and that's something that I could never add to these. You gave me too much credit in the beginning out of your own insecurities of having all the right answers and all the compliments. You'd give me a lot of compliments that I, I thought were great, but I could tell the difference when you were giving me compliments, both because you thought it was helpful, but also because you wanted to take the attention off yourself. You didn't feel comfortable saying that this was going to work or that you tried it because you go back in your head. It's like, well, if I'm so smart and I know all this stuff, how come my son's not alive still? So you were battling that with yourself. But now when you're giving me compliments like today, it was like, wow, like that was like, you know, it was totally just you're talking about what happened where other times you're uncomfortable that it was working. And also you're uncomfortable that it's working so well and you didn't know this and you didn't do this yourself. Mm. So you've gotten more comfortable telling people, not only did I wish I knew this, but I wish I knew this. Now I had to practice it for a long time. And now I can say but yeah, it would have helped in some way. Would have it would have saved your son's life? There's no way to know that. But there are certain scenarios that you're like, that could have been handled differently. And then you get to practice it with your other kids as well. So 
my hat's off to you, Heidi. It was so cool to, to see you just all <laughs> relaxed and chill. And uh, I can, and you know, we can have a lot of fun when we're a little bit more relaxed. It's a little, it's a little easier. I will say that. The punchline of our jokes are better when we're relaxed. Well, and and so this is actually a topic that I, that I kind of wanted to address today. And um, Real quick, before we get into that topic. Oh, yeah. What, one of the things that um, I just want to say this and jump on that topic. One of the things that the parents there had a question on was how to get in to see me. So I had five people ask. You know, yeah. They kind of already knew, but I don't blame them for asking. And then I had to give them the bad news, tell them I can't see them. And then share, well, I give you some referrals and references if you're local. But the best thing I could do is remind them of our new sponsor, Teen Counseling, right? Teencounseling.com. Yep. I looked over yep. at, at, our, our, um, at our producer, Brandon, because I wanted the validation. <laughs> I wanted the validation from, from Brandon that this teen counseling that we're doing right now, we just got back feedback from the company. We've gotten feedback from, from, uh, from our listeners. I'm so pumped and so excited about it. And just a little reminder, if you haven't listened to our podcast for the past three weeks, go to teencounseling.com backslash LTF for Light the Fight, and it gives you 10% discount. But go check out what they can do for you and your family situation with your teenager. From 13 to 19 years old, they're giving you a chance to have the counseling inside the palm of your kid's hand. You know what else your kid already has in the palm of their hand? Because I had one parent said, I don't know about giving my kid that much power in their cell phone. And she was saying some very valid concerns. I don't know if she liked my comment that I gave back to her, but it made the point and she got what I said. Which is everything you say. Well, we she said, like she, it, goes, but... she goes, I don't know if I want to give them, you know, this in their hand because then they may try to control this or that. And I go, okay, well, already they have access to every pedophile in the world, whether you realize it or not. <laughs> you said and that? they have all the pornography in the world in their hand. And she looked at me and I was like, they have access to it. People have access to them. They already have this powerful device. Why not use it for their benefit? So, you know, I said something really drastic. She's like, what? But then she got what I was saying. And I was like, give it a shot. Because she had no success finding teen counselors. She didn't live here. She lives down in Southern Utah. No success finding teen counselors. All of her complaints were valid. So I said, I don't know if this is going to work for you. But how could it hurt to try? Like, well, it's not going to hurt to try this because it's so easy to get out and to change your counselor. So teencounseling.com backslash LTF. Really important to do the backslash LTF. One, it gives them information knowing how that uh, you heard about them. And also, too, with our sponsorship, the more people that use backslash LTF, they're getting feedback from are people that are coming in. Otherwise, they wouldn't know how to get the feedback. They want to ask our listeners when they're in a sponsorship with a podcast like us, they want this to go well. This is not something that they're paying money for because they just want to see what happens. They need you to put LTF, backslash LTF, so they can track the progress and what everybody's doing. Well, and to every mom out there who has called a doctor's office or a counseling office and said, you know, when is your next appointment? And, you know, today's August 7th, and they're like, well, September 25th. And you're like... Just takes your breath away. No way you know i mean that's that's tough and so and it's really tough because we're spoiled we're used to getting what we want right if our internet's toggling i'm like Ugh. you know one of the things we talked about also just in our workshop and in real life is that for us in our age the thought of getting on the phone and talking to a counselor via the phone 
you use the app and video conferencing, it's like, it just doesn't compute for us. It has to be like in an office with the, you know, like all this professionalism around it. But for our kids, this is just like what makes sense to them. I think that that's why the teen counseling part of this is so powerful. Um, they won't even think about twice about this. This will feel so normal. This is how they talk to their closest friends. It's how they communicate with their teachers. It's how they get information that's necess- necessary for them. So, And, you know, proof of what Heidi's saying there right now is look what's happening to TVs. Yeah, you don't even know scheduled programming? What? Well, I'm specifically speaking oh. about younger kids. No, you're right. But with younger kids, have younger kids ever been given the remote control and ever given power of the 70, 80-inch big flat screen TV when they're really young? No. That's the power position of the parent. They change the channel. They look at this. Now studies are showing, and this is some that I scan, I skim through, so don't quote me too much on this. This one, because I didn't really go deep on this one. But kids choose, and I see this with my own kids, they will choose an iPad over watching something on a big, beautiful HP, 4K, whatever type television costs all this money because they have control. They get to touch, move the volume. They get to do whatever. Parents have been giving their control for iPads and like little, you know, like, you know, screen laptops, stuff like that at a much earlier age than they would get, get over the TV access and with live streaming, YouTube and all these things. They're so used to watching things in handheld devices. For them, a big, large device is out of, is out of the realm of, of understanding. Now put that into counseling. They haven't had traditional counseling throughout their whole entire life. They're not used to that process. I remember the very first time I went to see a counselor as an adult on my own will. <laughs> I was sitting in Keywords. I was sitting in the lobby, just sitting there. Oh my god. I was shaking. I was like nervous and nerve wracking. I'm like, okay, okay, is she gonna Don't tell me I have she's gonna tell me I have borderline anybody. personality disorder? Because if she does, like I can't handle that. Well, if she does, I had so much going on in my mind. Once I walked in there, I broke through those barriers. It was calm. It was relaxed. She had her legs crossed with some Birkenstocks and some candles lit. She was a hippie. So I was like, oh, this is weird, right? This is what you see in the movies. Turned out to be a great experience. But I had to go through all those hoops just to get there. Your kids, not only do they not have to go through that, I don't think they would even expect to go through that because that's not the way their life works. So. Again, another props to teencounseling.com about how they're making the barriers to entry to getting the help for your teens so much easier. Removing the barriers. Yeah. Okay. So so back to what you're going to say. I still remember. So that's a positive. See, there you go. Okay. So one of the- No more hope and there's a memory. (laughs) I'm getting better. One of the things that really bubbled up at the workshop, and this is always so interesting to me because again, it's different every time. And- Maybe it's always a takeaway for me. Like, I don't, I don't know. It's not like the, this notion of how important our energy is as, as a person on the situation. When I say energy or vibe, um, talk about hippie, right? Like that, that's kind of what, what people think of. But what I'm talking about is, all of the not like all the myriads of the nonverbal um, presentation that we make into a relationship or a situation, and it was it'd be interesting to me to know like if we had our whole group here if they kind of picked up on this too. 
um, or if it was just like the message that I needed um, right now. But let's talk a little bit about that concept of how you can shut down a relationship or you can open up to a relationship just with how the face, how your face looks, how your body looks, how you can bring things down a notch. Well, we want to talk about some topics today that were just really present and people were kind of all on the same page about. And one thing when we were talking about partnering with your teenager and having the mindset of, okay, this is not my employee of my family business. This is someone that started out at a lower level position only because their age. And as they get older, they're going to have to learn how to be an assistant manager, a manager, and they're going to have to take on all these other responsibilities. Usually when parents come to the workshop, they're thinking, okay, give me the tools and the solutions to get my kid to behave and operate in a manner that's going to make my life easier. Well, then they quickly realize that this has nothing to do with that. You're actually in the customer service business and these kids aren't your employees. You got married. You had sex without consulting them if they wanted to be born through you. So this is a different type of arrangement. He just, you know, he just likes to say My this. metaphors are magical. Very I realize that. Uncomfortable <laughs> or maddening. conversation. Magical or maddening. <laughs> it could go either way. It depends on, yeah. Right? So one very small specific detail that everybody knows. But when we're pissed off and angry at our kids, we don't think of how our eyebrows look. Is our stress just being oozing out of us and now they feel the weight of a job that's not going where we thought it'd go, of a relationship that sputtered out, of friends that hurt us, of family members that stabbed us in the back? Are they have to be the caregivers for all of those things in our life? Well, unfortunately, if our body language and our vibe and our overall disposition makes them or see, shows them that they were extremely stressed and everything is at its complete maximum. And they're looking at it saying, I just didn't do my chore yet. Or I was on my phone or the video game an extra 20 minutes. Like, gosh, like what's the big deal? They're looking at you like, this doesn't make any sense how I could be the reason for all your distress and problems. But they're really only hearing that part of it. The noise and the intensity that overshadows what you're saying is not something that most people even consider has that much weight and influence unless it's happening to you. When your kids say, gosh, mom, what are you freaking out about? What? It's not a big deal. You're like, I just bought them a new thing or a new clothes. Like, how dare they treat me? They're giving me no acceptance. They're no grace, no mercy. They're not, they're not giving me anything to make me feel better. What about all the things I did? And they go on and on and on. Well, that's the same thing that happened to our teenagers. Our teenagers, just like our bosses and other people we have intimate relationships with, they can say very difficult things. But if their body language, their facial expressions, and their overall disposition shows that they're sincere and they're, this is very important, and this means a lot to them, the criticism doesn't feel so critical. The criticism feels like it's some information that your brain might consider taking. The only way we can convey that is with our body language 
and facial expressions, like I said, all those things, because that has been long. There's been so many years of research of how our brain interprets the truth of a message. And if what is coming out of the person's mouth does not correlate with, like we said, the body language, the disposition, energy, whatever you want to call it, then the person's always going to go with the body language, the energy, the facial expressions, and the tone of voice every single time. Why would you take the the risk of saying, oh, mom just, she's not really mad. She just freaking <laughs> out like this because it's Tuesday. No, right. we're usually reacting to that. And it was really interesting to hear a lot of the people. I didn't even hear them. I just saw them look at me and give me this weird look. And they started looking around. Gosh, what am I showing them? Well, if you had to take away your words and your body language was the only thing they heard, it could sound like you hate them and they're the reason why you have all these problems in your life, even though you were actually intending to try to help them at that moment. Which which is heavy for kids. Really heavy. It's heavy for kids because they don't... They don't understand all that other adult stuff that you're dealing with for sure because you're an adult. So, you know, they're not thinking about the sprinklers that's just been broken and the garage door that has to get repaired and the tax payment that's due or, you know, whatever. So I think I want to throw out, like, just so that we can kind of move on to the next little topic is that I want to throw out a challenge. I want to give you like some light the fight homework or something yeah. to just work on right here. And that is, we kind of bounced onto this topic a lot of times, a lot at the workshop where people were saying, you know, when I drive to carpool or I, I go and I pick up my kid, maybe you're picking them up from an activity that they're participating in. You're picking them up from a friend's house. You're picking them up from a carpool. I want you to consider like, in that minute, right before they get in the car, what do you look like? What's the expression on your face? What are your shoulders doing? How are you holding the steering wheel? Because we all know we have like a we have like a traffic grip and we have like a it's all cool grip and we have like the down here grip. It's all good. You know, like when we have the driving with one knee and texting grip. <laughs> Wouldn't suggest that Don't one. Don't do that one. What, you know, what is your grip? Where, you know, if, if you were looking at yourself on a, on a temperature, where are you? Um, if you're above five, they're, you know, they're going to immediately defenses up concern. What's going on? Why are they mad? Are they mad at me? Um, or if they've had a bad day, they're going to just automatically. Even taking that personally They're going to take it personal more. even though you didn't say anything. Right. Yeah. So then if you just start thinking like right before they get in the car, you know, maybe you got to shake it off. Maybe even when you're going to pick up carpool, you got to put on like some Michael Jackson, <laughs> some Enya, whatever works for you, you know. Like get yourself into a place so that I know what Michael Jackson song, Man in the Mirror. No, 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 don't no, 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 no. That's too hard. Man in the mirror. You know, I'm th- I'm talking like about look like in a the dancing. mirror, see how you look. That was what I was trying to say. She didn't even get my joke. Okay, thought, no. you may proceed. I was just thinking like you don't have to All right, all right, all okay. right. I'll I say just mean it. a feel good. So notice what happens to them. When they get in and immediately they feel your energy before anything 
comes out of your mouth. So I was, okay. So, you know, I'm a product designer and I'm working on a new planner and my deadline is like in a week and a half. And so I was working on the quotes. So I'm like searching the internet. I'm, I'm looking for quotes to put in the planner. And one of, I'm going to butcher this because I don't have it in front of me, but one of the um, quotes said, people read your energy before they even listen to what you have to say, something along those lines. And that's what kind of got me even thinking about it right after the workshop was you can make or break that conversation that hasn't even happened about what you don't even know what's going to happen just by the look on your face and the tension in your shoulders and the way you're holding the steering wheel. So you can own that by lightening the mood. Even if the sprinklers have gone out and the garage door is broken, both those things are going to be a problem whether you have an, an optimal energy or a crappy energy. You get to control that. Yeah. I, I don't think there's much debate. Most people, and we've said it on the podcast a couple of times, I don't know whose quote this is originally, but people kind of have this understanding that music, when you listen to music, it's kind of like what feelings sound like. Most people have learned to alter their mood or enhance their mood in some way, shape, or form using music. Music uses vibrations. We feel the vibrations. When people, it's very common nowadays, even though it was from the past, but people say, I'm vibing, or what's your vibe, or I feel the vibe. It's just the most common way people talk about what's the energy that you're getting from that person. You have no idea what it is, but what does it feel like? Just like music can alter someone's mood and it comes in a vibra vibratory state, I think I used that correctly. Don't Google that. If you're an English teacher, do not, please, do save me, please. Just say, we'll give him a pass because he's just a feelings guy. So, um, but just like how music can change that vibration, depending on what type of music it is and the frequency and stuff on it, you are, your relationship with your child or your person that you're struggling with is like music. What music are you playing for them? Are you playing the music that annoys them? Are you playing the music that tends to, you know, make them a little bit lighter? Now, what you said, playing music when you go to pick them up, that's a great way. But it's also a great way for you to be listening to the right music before you go pick them up so that you can look at them. The first impression, like most of us grew up knowing, first impressions are huge. And you only get one chance to make a first impression. One time. Well, one time every day at a carpool. <laughs> exactly. So the first impression of when they wake up in the morning, the first impression when you put them, uh, when you pick them up, and the first and the last impression before they go to bed. So these are the most important impressions that I found. All there's lots of important times, but if they're showing up from something and you haven't seen them in a while, these are the chances for you to make a better first impression. Your first impression should be the a song that's on a playlist that they want to hear. So that's why another reason why we f we strongly discourage starting out with questions because a question is a vibration of fear, concern, and like I always talk about, Doubt. you don't mm -hmm. know the intention of the person asking the question. So then that person is left filling in the blanks of why you're asking the question. So music, 
just like your body language, your facial expressions, and your overall energy and vibe and disposition is sending a frequency. It's sending a vibration to the person, but what type of music are you sending them? Are you sending them the type of music that drives them crazy and that they hate? Some parents admittedly will say, well, I do little things to embarrass my kids in front of their friends. It's a very passive aggressive way because they have control. You feel like your teenager or your kid has control over you and you feel like you're their slave driving around. So at least you're going to freaking dig a little shot into them or make them feel embarrassed in their friends. But what music is that? You're intentionally turning up the music that they hate. What's that going to do for the relationship? So I'm glad you brought up the whole entire body language and facial expressions because the best way that I've been found, find able to help people connect with it is using music as the metaphor because music changes our mood and so does people's attitude. Well, so many people say to me all the time, why do kids these get, why are we always talking about feelings? Like, I don't remember having all these feelings and all these, you know, I don't remember ha having all these thoughts and anxieties and depressions and all these things when I was their age. You know what I say that? You also didn't have an Apple phone either. Right. You also didn't have the internet. I, I just joke around and say that. It's like, yeah, when you're around, it was in the, in the dark ages, so like when we, you're growing up. We have these these kids who have learned to read energy through a phone, through digital, like not like they are more, I'm going to say the word empathetic. They, they have more empathic capabilities than anybody that's gone before them because they rely on that. Well, I also think they're overcompensating drastically. For not having like real interaction, you mean? Or no, they're like... overcompensating from their parents. Well, this is a broad generalization. The old school traditional way of parenting wasn't about how do you feel, what's going on, take you to therapy, talk about your feelings. It was like girls have to be this way, boys have to be this way. Now that's kind of all been wrecked and blown with new information and understanding people are connected to each other, can share details and information. But what's happening is, I feel that this this generation is trying to balance out the dysfunction of not talking about feelings and not sharing things for so many generations. This next generation is like, we got to throw a wrench in that. So we have to talk about it. Technology gave them the microphone and the platform to do that. So now you can't tell a young person that they can't have an opinion, they can't share it because that's not the world they live in. We kind of just submitted to... Well, you know, I always joke around on the podcast about this. Well, my mom's neighbor said that that's true, so it must be true. Your mom's neighbor? Like, well, who's that lady? <laughs> like, or your, your uncle's father? Like, who's your uncle's father? It's like we got these weird truths, air quotes, truths from all different sources, and we had to sort out what was real, what isn't real. Right. But look what's happened with information. This came up on in our parenting conference as well. Now it's hard to trust the information because we get too much of it. We get so much of it and it's conflicting. It all sounds like this is right. Clickbait. If you don't know what clickbait is, they say these, they, they put the frame of the context of the, the title of the, the video or the title of the article. It's so outlandish that you have to click on it to see what it's about. It could be like man fights off 10 sharks to save his family. You're like, okay, I got to click on this. Some guy was petting sharks at a shark petting place in the Bahamas and his kid fell in next to a bunch of three foot lemon sharks. He didn't save them from nothing. Those sharks swam away. They're scared. 
but they got you to click on it. And because you clicked on it, then they could sell it to advertisers. So there's just a different way that information is being thrown at us. But I think that podcasting, our kids being more sensitive, the, um, the influx of tons of information is really a result of not having it before mm. or the ability to talk about your feelings. So I, I guess just going back to my little homework challenge is really think about what the energy, what the vibe you're presenting when your kid gets into the car, into your little, you know, into that space where you have that interaction and, um, and then maybe play around with what you can do to change that feeling there and how it will affect that interaction. Just something to kind of um, think about. And, can I just, can I just yeah. add to that? So um, it's technically, well, I don't know if I made this up. I may or may not have made this up. If I'm still <laughs> from someone, I really apologize, but it's an ally inventory. So what you do is you ask your partner, your significant other, whoever that may be, or you ask one of the children who are definitely on your team or, or realize that you're trying to get better at your vibe or your energy, ask them beforehand, say, hey, I'm trying to work on making sure that my facial expression, body language are just more inviting and open. You don't have to be cheesy, like doing those little glamour shots from the mall, like, oh my gosh, and like smile with glitter and like, you know, the cheerleader pictures where they always put their faces up against each other and smile. I never understood that. <laughs> Anyways. Just means it's love. like they just go and they smile, love. right? Hopefully you can see this on YouTube. So <laughs> the ally inventory is you go to someone and say, hey, this is what I'm working on. So they're taking your challenge, Heidi. And they say, will you do me a favor after I do that? Will you tell me like what I looked like? Because you don't know. You have no freaking clue what you look like. But here's a couple magical things that happen. When we know we're going to be recorded, we usually kind of dress for the occasion. Look a little better, yeah. When we know that our boss or someone's going to be monitoring watching us, we put it on and we get into character more. But if we do that enough, it just becomes the role that we play. We condition ourselves because think about it, our brain is going to say, wow, you got such a good response from your kids. Why not do it again? I shared in the workshop, uh, it was a while ago, but a mom... She's picking up her kids every single day from school. And this is kind of how that conversation started about what's your energy when you pick your kids up. Then this weird family session, she found out that on Tuesdays and Thursdays, her kids had this inside thing like, oh my gosh, mom's going to be so mad. Oh wait, it's Tuesday. Oh yeah, she's fine. Like you can tell her on Tuesday. On Tuesday and Thursday, the kids were open, they're talking, they're joking around and they could tell mom about their day. Monday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. No. She looked at them. She's like, what are you talking about? Well, in the middle of a short conversation, they found out. Guess what she did every Tuesday and Thursday before she picked up the kids? It was just total random happenstance. She went to yoga class from 2 to 3 and picked them up at 3.30. She was feeling She was good. so like trying to, I got to hold this pose. She was telling about how much yoga pushes her and she hates it, but she loves it. I'm like, me too. I totally get it. But what she realized in that conversation was when the kids got her on Tuesday and Thursday, they got the part of their mom that did something hard that she chose to do versus looking at her life as a mom with a bunch of kids and saying, I didn't choose all this and I got to deal with this struggle. It was a struggle she signed up for. It was a struggle that had a return on her investment and it was the hardest thing she was going to do all day long. Her kids going through this stuff and the teacher and this, those are annoying and aggravating. But personally for her, that was a challenge. She was not in good shape. She was struggling to keep to a diet and to exercise routine. But for some reason, when she found out her kids gave her that positive feedback, guess what she did? 
four times a week after that. Mm. Yoga. Mm. And dad was like, please. The kids were like, yes. She wanted to do four yogas a week. She thought she couldn't, but when she got feedback from her kids. So this is just one of those examples that I want you to take your own life scenario and look at the things that when you did show up, the conversations went better. Usually it's going to be starting off with statements, but your statements can't have a stern look on your face like, so if you'd like to talk about your day, I'd love to hear it because you never talked before. So it'd be really great to finally have you talk about your day so I know what the hell's going on with Why you. Why don't you just tell me? I've had parents say, that was a statement. I'm just like, dude, that's not that kind of statement, man. Some people took it to the extreme. But you're making a statement with your body language, which was the takeaway for all of our people in the workshop. That's and the statement. You could also be questioning with your body language, right? And exactly. so exactly, you got to know which right? one is your state. Is your body language making statements? Is your body language opening up question marks? Yeah, I'm gonna add one more thing. It's okay. Like maybe a cool way to you know, David was just talking about music. Maybe a, music is a big thing for my kids. And um, you could say something like, you guys, I need some new music. Make me a playlist. You know, maybe create some music that you guys can And if they make a and... playlist with like Barney songs as a joke, laugh at it. Don't go, you guys, I really meant it. Like go, try to be relaxed. <laughs> laugh at it. Because this happened one time. Oh, and a 16-year-old okay. boy, because his mom was trying to do this to connect oh, really? with him, sent him a playlist. And the fact that she laughed it and thought it was funny, he's like, mom, you've come a long way. <laughs> She's like, what do you mean? He's like, well, in the old days, you would have got mad at me. And it would have been a personal thing. So I'm I was trying, trying to connect I'm here. trying to connect with you. And he's like, exactly. That was my point. Well, I laugh and joke with my friends. You're not able to joke about anything. Right. So sorry to mean to interrupt you. No, that's good. Anyway, those are just um, just a couple things. I'm I'm realizing how much I benefit from somebody actually making a challenge or, you know, do this. I love action yeah. um, points. Anyway. Well, just just a little reminder, take her challenge. And if you have someone that you can do an ally inventory with, do that. So go ask someone or go tell someone what your intention is. You're trying to make sure that your body language is open, inviting and this and that. And then ask them for feedback. They can tell you. A lot of moms do this and they go overboard on the cheesy department. And it's a little bit too much like they're talking to their five-year-old kid instead right. of their 15-year-old. So your ally that's helping you see what you look like, they'll tell you, is it too much? Is it too little? Do you need to do this a little bit more? But you going to them asking for that, it's going to help you be, have more success with Heidi's challenge. So thank you for uh, putting the challenge out to our listeners. Yeah. Anyway, so I have really, um, like whether I'm hungry or stressed, you know, any of those things like you know, or you have a project to do yesterday. <laughs> yeah. So this has been a this has been a great thing for me and for my kids, and it also happens to really work with the coworkers, just spouses. Dogs don't care. Dogs are excited. I always tell people, <laughs> no matter what. I always tell people because I I meet most people helping them and their kids, and next thing you know, I start helping them with other aspects of relationships in life, and it turns into business disgruntled family members, like really stressful relationships. But once they start to see this work for their kids, they start to go, gosh, who else could this work on? Because if you can do this with your children, your partners, you could do it with anyone else. Like and those are, those are the, those are some 
work relationships are challenging and sometimes those are worse than your family relationships, but your family relationships are all day, every day. Those don't stop. And they, I always like to tell people to I them. tried to get emancipated from my family as an adult. There's not a law for that one. I'm like, I was adopted by him. Can I be unadopted <laughs> at the same time? Like, yeah, nah, it doesn't work yeah. that way, man. So we have a few more minutes. What did you feel like bubbled up? Was there anything that you kind of saw that, that you would speak to? You know, something kind of interesting happened on Saturday. Um, I was just weighing in on a couple, something that they said. And I started spouting off and just talking like I always do. And then I, I heard like the whole this room go, awesome. whoa, 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 stop, 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 stop. And I was like, and this I, is awesome. you could see the confusion. I'm like, wait, what? And I'm like, stop what? The, what did you just say? Say it again. I'm like, and I said it again. And I was actually kind of surprised that that caught so many people off guard. Because for me, not that I think people would know this. Uh, frankly, this was, I mean, we've talked about it before, but I think we might need an entire podcast for like all four sections of this particular, what I know you're going to say. Yeah, well, I'll just kind of say it real <laughs> quick. Basically what happened was a gentleman and his wife, um, and this is something that's interesting. We'll talk about like coddling and, and shaming. And, you know, one couple said, the guy's like, yeah, I'm the total coddler. And I just want to be like, so you just introduced us to the shamer, your wife. Because <laughs> that's the, this kind of theme was like one person plays one role, the other plays the opposite role. And then you switch depending, depending on, the, on the kid. Depending on the kid and depending <laughs> on the situation. Right. And sometimes you switch back and forth yourself. Yeah. Like I was too hard on, oh, I feel bad. Let me make them their favorite dinner, or buy them a toy or whatever. So this couple started talking and the wife was talking about, how she wished at night that she didn't have to have so much anxiety that she'd have to clean her house late at night after everybody had gone to bed. And the husband gave the scowl. He's like, yeah, he's like, I'm just like, honey, like, why do you, it's like, why do you need to clean? And she would get defensive from that. And so they just kind of had a back and forth exchange how they realized that they have to change some of those things. And I just simply spouted off and said, well, cleaning late at night means something was out of order during the day that you didn't get to finish. And I said, and that's, a, and they go, well, how do you know that? I go, well, your house is a metaphor of safety. Food's a metaphor for love. Money's a metaphor for trust. And your home is a metaphor of safety and security. So if there's something inside of your home, people, functions that are off, and you didn't get a chance to correct that during the day, or you just don't know how to do it, you're trying to go to bed at night and that machine up in your head saying, unfinished business, unfinished business. Come on, come on, come on. You didn't get that done. And so you're like, I can't solve my kid's problem or my relationship or all these things at this particular moment. But I can put lines in that carpet. <laughs> and get those dishwashers. And I can get those dishes, dishes done. Out of the, yeah. So in that simple exchange, the husband had a really powerful takeaway. I said, why? Because he was, I mean, he's there at the workshop. He was already buying in. I said, why don't you try this? When you come home next time and she's having this angst, instead of her like sitting there and looking at you saying, do you mind if I clean? Because she knows she's going to take, she feels like she's going to take criticism and judgment for it because he's like, why are you doing that? And he's got this weird look on his face like, why? I just come sit down. Exactly. So he thinks by saying, why are you doing this? It's helping her relieve the pressure. But in what it does is it makes her feel that she's not allowed to express this to him. She's not able to clean, even though it makes her feel better. But at the same time, sometimes it doesn't work and make her feel better. So I said, just do this. When you come home, if you see her kind of like kind of bubbling up a little bit, look at her and say, listen, 
I just want to let you know, if going cleaning some stuff would make you feel better, go ahead and knock yourself out. Because I know sometimes it just helps you feel better. But also sometimes cleaning doesn't make you feel better. And it's because you just needed to talk it out for a little bit. So if you want to talk to me about your day and just unload a little bit, we can do that too. See, what most guys and this men agreed with what I talked about the workshop is it's very painful to for a guy, especially his ego, to watch his wife go through struggles and difficulties that he couldn't relate to because he's gone all day at work and she's venting about this like, the kids are amazing to me. I just kissed him goodnight and that was it. And he knows it's not realistic. He knows he doesn't get that side of him. So he wanted to come and help, but to see the angst and see her unhappy and frustrated, it pained him. So he just wanted to stop. He just wanted her to stop feeling that way because he couldn't handle it. He couldn't fix it or come up with some, some sort of solution. And when she saw he got worked up after a long day, she's like, I can't talk about it. So they're both trapped. So instead, she's going to come home. He's like, hey, do exactly what I just said. And his light bulb went on. He's like, oh my gosh, she has options. She may go and start cleaning going, all I need was clean. I'm fine. How many times have you guys out there listening? How many times have you guys just had that one friend that you could tell them anything whenever you needed. And so you dump on one time about something insignificant and insecure, like just some weird thing that you were worked up about. But the more you talk about, the more you realize this wasn't a big life issue. It was just something that you need to vent out. And that person helped you get it out. You're so thankful to the person. You're so thankful to the relationship. What do you always consider in the future? You consider not overextending that person's kindness and not taking advantage of them being able to help you. So you have a certain reverence to it. It's like, I'm only going to use this if I really need it. But sometimes we don't need it as much as we think we do. We just need to know that they're there in case. So by him coming home and stating to his wife, tell you what, if you need to clean, go and clean. If you need to talk to me, just as, you know, I'm cool with whatever. It took away the pressure that she was inconveniencing him. And it took away the pressure that she was going to look crazy and be judged by her family if she cleaned late at night. So the examples that I use is for years, I've been counseling it's more mothers. Dads do it in a different way. So it's not like dads don't do it. But the typical traditional family, mother, um, father relationship, typically mothers would tell me about their obsessiveness and cleaning. And then I shared with them about safety and about being structured. And if something was out of order, they're trying to put at least something in order. They're trying to keep something in order because they can't put these things back in order. It opened up so many deep conversations with so many mothers because it gave them an actual reason why they're doing it. And if they had a reason why they're doing it, then they could actually choose to do something different. They just had to know why. They had to answer that question, why am I doing it? And then they had to think, gosh, do I still need to do this? Or did I create this and start doing this at a time when I didn't have my life together? You may have the coping skills to deal with that stress and anxiety. You just got so much caught up in the habit of cleaning or doing things like that, that you never considered that you didn't need that coping skill anymore, that you're actually capable of handling those situations. You just had to have better ideas to work with today. It was funny to listen to so many of the moms there talk about that need to clean. And we definitely had a group at, at of people night. that like didn't want to go to bed yeah. unless... You know, everything was put away. Yeah. And I think that sometimes we kind of talked about how some some people do it like while they're doing it, they're resentful that they have to be the one at the end of the day that are doing it. And I think that my what I want to remind or suggest as I thought about myself is, you know, yeah, I could wake up in the morning and give everybody an assignment and this would get done, which is a great way but 
I ben- <laughs> I benefit so much, and you guys are going to think this is weird. Maybe so- Maybe you won't. I love to mop my floor on my hands and knees for whatever weird thing that helps me clear out my mind. And I love walking through on this clean floor. It's like a total, um, I don't assign that out to anybody. It, like it's for me. And so I think if you can kind of separate, like I'm a doormat and I have to do everything from the intention, why you're doing it. Are you right. doing it because it's actually something that's soothing you and relaxing you? It is you? a therapy. It can be a therapy. It can it can be for you. Well, look what look what work has always meant for you. Work has always meant people that work hard are admirable, they're moving forward, and they're progressing. They're not stagnant. They're not staying still. It's better to make a mistake going full speed, right, than to sit there and thinking about all the things that you might, you know, fail. Sure. When you were talking, I just realized that I have one too. Making guacamole. That's make, what I said. Do you make good guacamole? Well, so already <laughs> you've asked me if I actually know how to surf. And now you ask me if I make good guacamole. He's never brought guacamole in here once. Challenge accepted. Challenge issued. <laughs> I will make guacamole and then you can tell me how good it is. Okay. But the rumor on the streets is every time I'm invited to come somewhere, I'm only allowed to come if I bring my guac. Okay. So apparently my guac's better than me, but that's a different story. That's all right. It's more valuable. They can they can digest that. <laughs> yeah, you can stop eating the guac when you want. You can't shut me up when you want. Like I'm going to keep on talking. So, um, I, but seriously, I realize that that is therapeutic for me. My wife has come home at times, sees me making guac and she's like, was it a rough day or was it a day where I just wanted to reward myself and do something I liked? Mm -hmm. So why was I doing it? Was I doing it simply to cope or was I doing it just to relax and unwind? And, you know, if we look at our past, we look at our history, there's certain reasons for that. And, um, everyone's going to have their thing. So whatever your thing is, it's just why are you doing it at that moment? Are you doing it because it's a coping mechanism that you've always done and you haven't really questioned if it's healthy for you or not. And like with the cleaning thing, cleaning does not mean that your life's out of control. Does not mean that you can't have any safety and security in your home. I mean, there's a lot of, we, my kids always say, oh, mom's cleaning. She's mad. Don't, you know, don't go in there. She's cleaning. That's the reputation. (laughs) That's what it's been, but it doesn't have to be associated with that. And sometimes I think I've been a place where I have been mad and I've gone to clean because I didn't want to confront the situation. Two things in my life that I've avoided like the plague, reading and cleaning. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you very shortly why. When I was younger, I'd make mistakes reading because no one worked with me. Well, rumor has it there wasn't a lot of homework and I was a younger of grandparents. Like they were just- Worn know, out. Worn out. There wasn't a lot of helping David read. So I got embarrassed in school. I got ashamed for it. I'm like, nope. Reading was just like, I mean, it was painful for me. Cleaning. My mother growing up, she was a custodian. She didn't used to be a custodian. She used to be a PE teacher, teach all these things, whatever. But through a financial hard time, they had, she had to get a job. And the only job she could find was this, you know, custodial job. And it was consistent benefits, ended up being great for her retirement, stuff like that. But as a kid, I was so embarrassed that my mom was a custodian. Hmm. Dude, I was from Carlsbad, California. It's not like the ghettoest place in the world. So not only was I embarrassed that she was cleaning, 
when she cleaned all day long, how do you think she felt about cleaning when she came home? And no bueno. Cleaning at my house was the precursor to a beating sometimes. Because <laughs> nobody wanted to do it and she didn't want to do it, but she was damn hells. I'm going to clean all day and my house be dirty. So it was like painful, painful. So we get these associations with things and then we make ways to overcompensate for it. We're just asking you to think like, why did you even do this in the first place? doesn't mean you can't do it. just means you got to make sure that you're doing it for something that's helpful and moving the needle forward versus just you hunkering down like, this is the only thing I control. This is the only thing I control. I'm, you know, I'm resentful that I have to clean. I'm resentful that I have to do this. See, if everybody's walking on the carpet, then you don't get the enjoyment out of it. Right. So, yeah, interesting. So, note to self, Brandon wrote this down already. We got to come back. We're going to kind of... We're going to kind of the dive money, into that. trust. Yeah. Super interesting. Food, love. But now I think we've we've gone over our limit. And because our bosses have told us we have to stop here. See, she's so used to having deadlines and limits. You need to live <laughs> in my world. The only the only limit I have is my bladder telling me it's 60 minutes. I have to go to the bathroom. That means the counseling session's up. It might not a trained dog. All my clients, as soon as I walk out of the same, they go, all right, we know you're going to the bathroom. We come back like, I'm just... 60 minutes, 60 minutes. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's true. I didn't ever think of that. It's true. Yeah. I get made fun <laughs> of it daily. That and then I used to wear only plaid for years. So. Well, we can all change. That's it what worked, we know. It worked for me in high school. Why wouldn't I keep wearing it? <laughs> right, guys? You guys out there know what I'm talking about. That's right. I wear the members only jacket in high school. Keep on wearing it. It'll come back in style. <laughs> eventually. Right. Maybe. Hopefully. Well, you guys, as always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for trying thank you you know for taking on our little challenges thank you for not hoping thanks for not just hope is not a strategy hope is not a strategy taking action um we appreciate it we always love to hear from you so whether you're sending messages to us for dms wins questions concerns we'd love to hear your feedback um also we'd love to hear your feedback uh with teencounseling.com and if you are going to give it a shot, um, like I said, jump in there and go to teencounseling.com backslash LTF, which stands for like the fight. That will help communicate to teencounseling.com that, you know, you guys are listening. So um, that would be helpful as well. And a big shout out to 1-800-CONTACTS, our community sponsor for Without Them. Um we'd be giving out napkins with instructions on our workshops. <laughs> That's right. They, It'd be more like a light the fight Sharpie on a white shirt. Which, you know, thankfully we don't have to go to that place. Yes. We do we love our friends together. at 1-800-CONTACTS. Yeah. So check that out, 1-800-CONTACTS.com. Also, if you're needing contacts or glasses, they do lots of, they do all the things. So just check them out there. Even through their app. Also, if you things. want a job. Great place to yeah, work. Yeah, best place to work. <laughs> Heidi keeps on getting turned down. I told you I to know, give it I, up. I really want a job. It's not your I keep, calling. Keep getting applications. Um, anyway, as always, thank you for listening. Thanks for telling your friends. Real thanks quick, for, thanks for all the people who came to our workshop. Yes. Thanks for coming. Thanks for facing your fears. And we don't have another workshop on the books yet, so we're going to have to – we're starting to look at dates again. So stay tuned for that. Um, tell your friends – Tell your family, and um, you might even consider letting your your kids listen. Sometimes they like to know what you're learning, so that they can use it against you. Hold. A couple you. Of parents told me that they 
Hold you accountable. Strategically planned a certain part of a podcast, and I can't remember what podcast was, to put on when their kids were in the car because they had exchanges like kids get to listen to music and they listen to podcasts. But this one parent put on a part of the podcast that they 100% knew that their kids would have been like, wait, what? Yeah, mom, like that's right, that they would agree with just to suck them in to be curious about it. And it worked. Yeah. Everybody likes to be told that they're right and likes to be given a compliment. Try interrupting someone in the middle of their sentence with a compliment. They will not be mad at you. That's right. They will listen. They'll be like, (laughs) you may proceed. Keep going. I'm listening. (laughs) Anyway, we'll let you guys go for this week. Come back next week. Um, New episodes are live on Thursday. And if you are on your podcast app, you can always hit the subscribe button. We would love happy reviews. (laughs) and comments and recommendations and as always we want to thank you for helping us to light the fight When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.